This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by David the About the Third. Uh, good morrow, everyone. <laughs> and Kirstie Smurferka. Hola. We also have two guests today, um, Wyatt from the Collective Arcata YouTube channel, a um, YouTube channel d- dedicated to tabletop role-playing games, especially Pathfinder 2nd Edition RPG. That's me. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Wyatt, for people who don't know who you are, can you give a quick intro? Uh, well, uh, my wife and I, we run the Collective Arcana uh, YouTube channel, and uh, we are a couple of great big nerds. And we uh, love tabletop games, and we just decided to share that nerddom with everybody else. I am a fan. I am an absolute fan. I'm so happy that I came across you guys. And we are also joined by uh, technically actor, author, comedian, Pathfinder Tabletop RPG Regional Venture Coordinator, Brent Bowser. I I have to ask, why why technically? Because that's how he introduced himself earlier, and I had to use it. Fair. Yeah. You, for, you forgot love of my life. Oh, oh. and and love of Kersey Smurf's life. Yeah. Yes, um, Kersey Smurf, the stealer of boyfriends, the breaker of chains. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, for listeners who don't know you, please talk a little bit about what you do and um, feel free to share that wonderful news you shared with us before we started recording. Okay. For that one person who doesn't know me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yes, um, uh, I've been in several uh, you know low budget uh, movies. Uh, regional venture coordinator for the um, Paizo organized play, uh, which includes Starfinder and Pathfinder. Uh, and uh, I don't feel like it, but I am an author. Uh, I have uh, um, Paizo's Bounty Fifteen uh, Treasure Off the Coast available now, as well as Pathfinder Society Scenario. Uh, second edition 3-16 Escape from Opara, which will be coming out in June. Wow. Very nice. I'm so proud. Yeah. That's yeah. a great I game, got... and anything based in Taldor, I'm just chuffed about. Yeah, I was real excited to get to, to not only write for Taldor, but also write the third part of the Escape from LA, Escape from New York trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> no comedy, Brian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When, when you know, when when 
Brent and I were talking about the topic. He mentioned that we're not going to talk about comedy. So um, that is the last <laughs> laugh for this episode. There is going to be no comedy. If you if you laugh or smile during this episode, you got a drink. Um, the um, and you know you know uh, listeners who know I don't drink alcohol. I'm going to be drinking water or miming a drink from this empty coffee mug. <laughs> Uh, I filled this with crown. <laughs> this is the episode where we try to destroy David's liver. <laughs> what do you mean try? <laughs> See, you're all losing. Drink. <laughs> I didn't know it had started yet. No one actually. Oh, it started as soon as he said. From now. <laughs> okay, well, game now on, I'm fuckers. On, now I'm clear on the game. Now I'm clear. <laughs> uh, I am glad nobody was laughing over you when you said that, David, because that's going to be a soundbite I reuse in the future. <laughs> Game on, fuckers. By all means. Um, Wyatt, I, 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 didn't, I didn't warn you about the cursing before you joined us. I hope you're okay with that. We can censor if you need us to. <laughs> no, no. All right. All right. <laughs> I will uh, put the black sack and the truncheon away. And um, we... The reason why we have so many tabletop RPG-related guests on today, I should have reintroduced myself as former venture officer for um, Pathfinder RPG, because I have that going for me. Um, well, then you should also introduce me as the former uh, former starter of the Long Beach chapter of the yeah, Pathfinder Society. Yeah, and, and Erica, the former player of games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry, being a mom sucks. No, not really. I love being a mom. There'll be plenty of tabletop games when my kids are grown and out of the house and I have nothing better to do. Well, also, you're you're growing your own set of players, you know? It's like a family band. That's true. Amelia already plays and Rowan likes to play with the dice. I haven't gotten her farther than that. But That's how you yeah. start them, though. That's how you if start. You're, if you're GMing and your husband's playing, you only need one more for a proper party. It's, you can be the Osmonds, but with Erica. Did I ever put you in touch with the guy who makes the coloring book character sheets? Uh-uh. I'll make a note. Those are cool. Um, talking about Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, everybody pauses while I write something down. <laughs> um. So yes, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna speculate about the future of tabletop role-playing games and the industry of tabletop role-playing games. But first... But first, we're going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, when everybody talks about the nerdiest thing they've done in the last two weeks, and we vote using the patented Mike Myler widget system. Another name in tabletop role-playing games. I am going to be a chaser. Whew. All right, hold on. So... <laughs> The um, way this works is we're all going to share the nerdiest thing we've done the last few weeks, and then we're going to use the widget system, which I will explain at the end. Um, I think you are our newest guest, Wyatt, so you get to go first, and then it'll be Brent, and then we'll go around the table. So, uh, Wyatt, what's been nerdy with you in the last few weeks? Uh, well, I would say the nerdiest thing that I've done in the past few weeks would be I, I started and completed a collection of the uh, Pathfinder, or not the Pathfinder, but the Dungeons and Dragons 3.0 and 3.5 um, beginner, like basic box sets. Um, they have really weird, unique miniatures. And I sort of, you know, I've got the Pathfinder beginner box and the 5e starter set. I just sort of wanted to compare them. And uh, I 
convinced my wife for sure it's for a video, but really I just wanted all those minis. So. Did you say you got a 3.0 set? Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know there was one. Well, I, I don't necessarily know that it's 3.0. It's from, one's from 04 and one's from 06 or something and like that. They're not 3.0. 3.0 was no? back late 90s. Okay. Okay. Then, uh, then yeah, so it must be just revised editions within 3.5 then, but still. <laughs> oh, that's it, cool. Are that's they a actual, neat idea. Are they actual Dungeons and Dragons or are they third party? Oh yeah, no, they're Dungeons and Dragons. They're um oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're they're legit. Because I know there were a bunch of third party ones that came out for three five too. So yeah. One thing I have I so like... many minis and I I put them away like since I don't know. They've been away for a while. Like I haven't really pulled out the map to draw anything in a long time. So put them away? Yeah, why? Get shells, put them on display. Yes. Oh, I have enough stuff on display. Trust me. No. Like, More. There's no such have... thing as enough. <laughs> you have room for shelves. Always. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I still have my frost dragon out. That's you set up one of those railroads around the top of the living room, but instead of ra- you have the flatbeds and just put your minis on it. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You could take out a wall and do like an inset. Oh, yeah. Shelf. That's good, too. You know, you're really in a pinch. Yeah. You make shadow boxes. Ooh, classy. Those are some great DIY uh, ideas here. I'm going to share a really cool tip. So if you have stuff to display that's like pop figure size um, or things you can collect into pop figure size groups, the baseball bat case from Hobby Lobby, it has a hinged glass door on the front and it's perfectly sized to put pop figures in. Nice. Out of that box, so tip. unfortunately, you're not gonna, uh, you're not I mean, gonna be able to wedge boxes into it. But um, un- unfortunately, I refuse to give Hobby Lobby money. But that's another issue entirely. <laughs> um, we're so we are um, we are so, up Brian, to yeah. You're saying that Hobby Lobby has perfect display cases for all of your artifacts. Yeah, they have baseball bat cases that hold. What is the joke? Oh, you don't know about Hobby Lobby, like having a bunch like. Buying a bunch of like Christian yeah, artifacts. Religious no, I don't know artifacts. anything about it. Oh, I yeah, just, I just know you can buy things like that. that you can fit. You can fit pop figures in. Okay. I think this is off the topic. Um, we're going to move on to Brent. What's the nerdiest thing you've done the last few weeks? Um. Well. Yeah. I mean, there. Uh, I mean, I, I turned in my final draft for my PFS scenario that will be dropping in June. Um, we did. Uh, oh, we finally are starting to get back into uh, in-person gaming. I went to a uh, convention in Lexington Ooh. last weekend. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. Got to uh, got to play some Starfinder, play some Pathfinder. I, too, bought way too many minis. No I such found- thing. Uh, I found a bunch of X-Men Lego minifigures. And Those are I, awesome. Uh, yes. And uh, another guy had uh, uh, 3D printed a whole bunch of Final Fantasy things. So I got uh, all the sad boys. I have Cloud, Squall, Sephiroth. <laughs> um, he had, I was like, do you have more Moogles in the back or are these all the Moogles that you have? He's like, these are all the Moogles that I have. Like, And someone else was shopping. He's like, do you want any of the Moogles? Because I'm going to clear him out of Moogles. I'm being out nerded here because I don't know what a Moogle is. Yeah, well, yeah. I was going to say any any of these that ha- involve the phrase. Do you have any more Moogles in the back? I think I don't think we're topping it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a Moogle is. I I need an explanation. 
They are uh, tiny white um, uh, bipedal creatures with uh, pink wings and like a little yellow uh, ball that floats above their head. They okay. are incredibly helpful creatures throughout the Final Fantasy multiverse. Uh, they are known for saying Kupo. Um, they are predominantly helper characters, uh, NPCs, except for in six. One of them uh, is an active party member and in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, um, they are a, a playable race of characters. Uh, Brian, I've just been handed this from legal. Uh, they are in no way, shape or form at all in uh, in a, a, an appearance to what our widgets appear to be. Oh, OK. Um, we, I, we, we lay no claim to the trademark. Well, I mean, the widgets, <laughs> the widgets could possibly appear like a Moogle if, you know, that. No. That's because the, they're like, but due to international copyright law, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when you said Moogle, I kept on thinking of like mushrooms from Minecraft, which are the cows that have mushrooms growing on their back. How can you tell they're blocks? They, they have, they have mushrooms growing on their backs. They, they're, they're, they're blocks with blocks right. shaped like a cow with mushrooms right. growing on their back. Brian, are you sure that those are mushrooms growing out of their back, or are those bulls that are upside down? <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, they're bulls that are upside down. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you so, am I the red... only one drinking? Whenever they're laughing, like we're supposed to be. What the fuck, guys? I, ha I have enough. I, I, I have, I have finished my drinks. Ugh, if I'm gonna get the schnicket, I'm not gonna be the only one. <laughs> mm. The um, you're the only one drinking alcohol, so pretty not sure you're... I'm not actually drinking alcohol. Oh, good. That was yeah, a they, joke. So they are they are red and white mushroom colored cows with mushrooms growing on their back, and if they get hit by lightning, they turn brown, and that's how you get a brown mushroom. I don't okay. think this is real. I don't think yeah. this is a thing. Yeah. Um. Hey, anybody can guess what my nerdy thing is going to be, but um, that Brian has to wait <laughs> until David Brian? goes. Brian. Did you not hear the announcement? You weren't supposed to take the brown acid. <laughs> David, what was nerdy with you in the last few weeks? Well, uh, I have been getting ready for gearing up and preparing for what is happening tomorrow, which is opening day of 2022 Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Irwindale, California. Uh, what kind of stuff do you have to do to gear up for that? Well, uh, there were a bunch of... Uh, well, we are hosted by a company called uh, the Renaissance Era Productions, Rap, uh, Productions and something Rappa, and we have to do a bunch of classes: Elizabethan history, dialect classes, uh, uh, improv, character creation. Yeah, we're actually cast members. Uh, the people that play important roles actually have to submit headshots. <laughs> a lot more intense than I would have thought the Rin Fair would be. Yeah, yeah. hi. <laughs> and and you have been doing it for a really long time. Uh, it is my seventh year, but due to the plague, it is only the, my fifth season. Yeah. I uh, We have a under over bet from the people that are working the front gate on how many plague doctors are going to be there. I took, uh, I took the over on 15. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna win that one. <laughs> yeah. How would anyone go under on that? Right. Crazy. I don't I don't know who said it at 15. That seems uh, very conservative. <laughs> I think you'd be surprised on how how you get the under on a plague doctor. It's probably because people catching the plague. Fair. 
But um, t- anyways, so yeah, I've been spending uh, the day after I got home from work getting the last bits of my kit ready. I found, had to find my pocket watch, had to find my Star Trek communicator, had to find uh, the rest of my pins. You know, the standard stuff you wear at Renfair. Well, we understand what the communicator is for, but please explain that to the list. I okay, fine. Uh, the communicator is, at Renaissance Fair. There's always the group of geeks that show up dressed as Star Trek characters. I mean, come on, it always happens. Mm-hmm. We also get some stormtroopers that show up. But uh, for the Star Trek characters, I have a communicator badge, so I, in my costume, I can walk up to them and flash them my badge and get angry at them and demand to know the name of their ship and who their captain is because I'm going to put them on report. <laughs> After all, I've been here for three years living in the guise of this, and you come down here and break the prime directive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you get to break your accent too, which is fantastic. Anything to gig with anything to gig with the audience. And do you, fa- do you call them over to like the side first? Oh yeah, of course. Character, of course, of course. Uh, my lord, yes, a a moment, if you would, please. Uh, Here, the moment. Walk up, get up close. What the fuck are you guys doing? (laughs) I want to know how many people are like, oh my god, what the fuck, before they get the joke. (laughs) You know, for a few minutes, or a few seconds, they're like, oh shit, what did I do? Am I in trouble? I will happily report back on the aftermath. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Is this the first year you're doing it? Yes, this is the first year I'm doing it. I got the idea off of a Facebook post I saw a couple years ago, and I finally just buckled down and bought the thing so I could do it because it's going to be funny. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) That is really exciting. The best part about that is it's not just going to be good for you, but they are going to tell everybody they know. Oh, I know. They're going to love it, too. I'm sure after the initial shock, they're going to start laughing and playing along because they're Star Trek characters dressed up in a red fair. What's funny is some of the people are going to have seen that Facebook post, and that's why they came to (laughs) Ren. fair and star trek costumes <laughs> i know that's does a pretty that... well circulated meme at this point oh yeah does anyone yeah. dress up like marty mcfly's mom and try to hit on those guys uh i can't say i've anyone i've seen anyone specifically dressed as marty mcfly's mom we do get a couple of marty's and a very good doc brown that shows up every season well we, we also we... get the entire bill and ted crew that show up including their cardboard phone booth they walk around with we know what Brent's going to dress up like next time he goes to Renfair. <laughs> Serbian? No, I'm just kidding. No, no Sorry, Marty, Libyan, McFly, Marty McFly's mom. Right. Uh, oh, I would pay to see that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start my OnlyFans. Call everybody, call everybody <laughs> Calvin. <laughs> Erica, what was nerdy with you? Uh, not much. I'm kind of boring right now. Not a lot going on. Um, although I have a lot of time, so um, I I started playing um, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, Chris got me that for Valentine's Day, so how is it? Great! I forgot how incredibly good at the game I am, so <laughs> it's really nice. It's a confidence booster. <laughs> so uh, no, it's it's really really good. It's just as good as the first one. Uh, some of the um, mechanics. Are a little off the first one. They're a little bit um, touchier, I guess you would say, um, especially when you're like climbing cliffs and stuff like that. She doesn't really. Um, it's not as easy, like to pinpoint like where to move, uh, move her to where she'll jump to something that's really far away. Unfortunately, but um, other than that little snafu, um, I'm I love it. 
again, forgot how incredibly good I am at the game. Chris watches me play it and he's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Because it's like, <laughs> I'm just really good at like the long shots. So like I can take something down like way across the screen and hit it in the weak point and it just drops. And he's like, I, I don't even know. And I'm like, mm. so. <laughs> nice. But, yep, that's it. Just yeah, being able to snipe from halfway yeah. across the map even incidentally is amazing. Is that the game where you're like this like super powerful warrior woman that kills dinosaurs? You're not really super powerful. That's the thing. It's um, the premise of the story is that um, global warming got out of control and we fucked the whole planet. And so there was a um, contingency plan to essentially re-terraform the earth and bring humans back to it. Um, and, you're trying to make sure that it doesn't break again. It's kind of like just, I mean, right, Brent? That's like the short version. Right, yeah. I think the dinosaur part that Brian's thinking about is that um, there's a bunch of animals that are robots. So there's, yes, there are saber-toothed cats. Thank you, Bacon. Yes. Um, you know, like <laughs> hawks and... Yeah, the machines that are doing the terraforming are designed to look like dinosaurs yes that and in other animals it's not just dinosaurs like there's you know ones that look like bulls and saber-toothed cats and you know um velociraptors and then you also have ones that are just big hawks stuff like that um but those are the machines that are actually doing the terraforming they all have like a specific job to do um yeah but they get corrupted and now they're trying to kill everybody kind of situations that sort of begs the question did they mean to design their terraforming robots into perfect predators because it seems like not the best idea yeah unless they're falling prey to things and you need them to be able to defend themselves well that's even then like you know they would be more tank like yeah triceratops instead of t-rex right but it's the motherfucking (laughs) t-rex So the program, the AI got corrupted. It has several different sub-functions. The main, su- the main function, is, it's called Gaia, the overarching one. And then there are sub-functions. And one of the sub-functions is Hephaestus. And Hephaestus is the one that designed all these killer machines because he's essentially the part that's become corrupted, and along with other parts of it. And they're all named after essentially great gods. So like it's the whole thing. But you it's know, really good. The lore is really nice, too. You described your nerdy thing as just being something you did when you didn't really have anything else to do. But then your encyclopedic na- your encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of the game made it really nerdy all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, Smurfypedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smurfypedia. I like so, it. I'm writing it, that it's, down. It's a really fun game. It's It's really good. I really like it. If you ever get an audio sting, that'd be the one. <laughs> right, make sure you write down Smurfopedia and not Petasmurf, because those are two different. Yeah, two yeah, not Petasmurf. They also charge a lot different at the door. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, resist making a joke about David knowing how much it costs. <laughs> I heard so that Brian, on the radio. with you? <laughs> Um, what's nerdy with Brian, if you haven't guessed, is I played Minecraft for the first time. Um, I, Heather and I have been watching, Heather's my wife for people who don't know, Heather and I have been watching, um, we have been watching, um, Hermitcraft and other Minecraft videos 
And I went, that sounds like fun. I never really thought of it as a fun game. I kind of thought of it as a kind of a building game. And then I played it for the first time and went, this game is fucking hard. <laughs> I did not know it's basically rust <laughs> in that how watched, hard it is. I watched Amelia play it for a long time um, because I just couldn't. She insisted I watch her play so she could show me all the stuff. And I always asked her, I was like, well, why don't you play in like the actual game mode? She always plays in build mode. And she's like, because it's too hard. I'm like, well, just try it. And I watched her try to play it in regular mode. And she just kept dying and crying. And I went, okay, go back to build mode. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, the survival mode. I play it in easy and die a lot. I tried playing it in normal. And it felt like playing other games in hard mode. And it has a hard mode. And it has a hardcore mode. And there's an even harder mode you can unlock, or so I've heard. It's it's a crazy difficult game. <laughs> um, it, it, I think it's a crazy difficult game, but once you learn how to really navigate and do stuff, it it's rewarding, and you that that's rewarded, and you get better at it. So it's one of those games that you could practice in easy, and then practice in normal, and then play the more harder versions of it. And um, it's also a game that's filled with a crap ton of mods and. I think it's the number one topic on YouTube as far as videos. It's they they celebrated like their trillionth video recently. I mean, it's kind of a timeless game, you know. So many kids play it. it I mean, and there's a lot of stuff you can do in it. So I get that. It is the most downloaded game in the world. I have something exciting to share that has nothing to do with me, but Amelia. She started playing Fallout Four. Ooh. Yeah. Good game. Um, well, she watched me play it for years. I mean, I have a Fallout helmet thing on one of my shelves. It takes up most of the room. But um, anyways, she started playing it, and she's just so excited. She's like level 22 now. And she's like, Mom, I killed a Deathclaw. Like, she was just so excited. I'm just so proud of her. And then the other part of me is like, she's spending a lot of time playing that game. And then I started thinking about how many hours I have played it because when I stopped playing Fallout 4 I think it was like level 79 or something like that and I was like oh I can't really say anything I've got to let her just do it <laughs> she, so. Um, so uh Amelia my niece is visiting me in July and I haven't told her yet but I am 100% willing to record a Minecraft episode with her in person Ooh. I think that will be really fun. She has not only been on our show, she has actually hosted our show once. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That happened in an alternate universe where she was the host of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep your continuity straight, damn it. Yeah. Um, so we have all shared amazing nerdy things. And now it is time to decide who is the nerdiest and takes all the widgets home. Um, starting with um Wyatt we're going to vote Wyatt because there are 1 2 3 4 5 of us um you get 6 widgets that you give to people and you can give them to them and tell them why you think they deserve those widgets I I, I stand by my Moogle point all my all my widgets go to Brent wow 100%. it's a strong 100%. move it's a strong it's move it's also not the first time we've heard on the podcast all my widgets go to Brent <laughs> I'm not surprised honestly <laughs> asking for as many moogles as you have is not like a thing that somebody does once in their life um and then uh brent uh okay so i'm gonna give 
three widgets to Wyatt um, for putting out uh, fantastic um, Pathfinder Second Edition content. Um, bless you. You're a trooper. We need more Thank people you. like you. Thank you. Happy to do it. Uh, I'm going to give two widgets to David. Woo! Because uh, uh, that that uh, uh, Star Trek communicator thing is just beautiful. I love it so much. Uh, I'm this last widget. I'm going to give it to Erica for playing an adult game. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And she was able to back up her game with the encyclopedic knowledge of it, whereas Brian could tell us that um, uh, cows have mushrooms growing out of their backs. And that was- <laughs> <laughs> Which and is almost- brown when lightning strikes them, apparently. Almost certainly made up. Almost certainly. <laughs> yeah, does not exist. Okay, I'm going to call it before someone else does. Uh, Brent, you get my negative widget. Perfect. Just out of spite. David. I deserved it. Um, you get six. Who do they yeah. go to? Uh, two, White gets two of them, Brent gets two of them, and uh, Erica gets two of them. Thank you. Brian, you know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> and Erica. Um, I have to give you one for playing Minecraft, just because I know Amelia would be mad if I didn't. Part of, I, I should have shared, and this would have given me a little credit. I One of the huge interests of getting involved in this game is so I would have something that I could relate to my niece on. Uh-huh. Because she's going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah, way to, way to blame your niece there, Brian. Yeah, and it's fun. And it's fun. It was surprisingly fun. I didn't expect myself to enjoy the game. Blame it on the child. <laughs> You'll be watching MatPat videos soon. <laughs> I I do that already. <laughs> yeah, he introduced Amelia to MatPat. Yeah. 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 What's like, wrong with watching MatPat videos? She was like, what? how old was she? Seven, eight? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden she comes back and that's all she wants to watch is YouTube and MatPat videos. And I was like, what the fuck have you done? Uh, how many how many how many um widgets do I lose for not knowing what a MatPat is? Matt uh, Pat no, does, you actually get the rest of mine. No, you're Matt fine. Matt does a YouTube channel called um well, he does a few YouTube channels, but his first one was Film Theory. He's the uh-huh. guy who says that it's but that's just a theory, a film theory, and he does food theory and TV theory and all sorts game of stuff. Theory. Game theory. Critical yeah. race theory, modern money. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the reason I can't watch movies with Amelia anymore. I thought the reason why you can't watch movies with Amelia is because I showed her cinema sense. It's a combination of the two. Because... The first annoying thing she does is pick the movie apart and why it's a bad movie and where the plot holes are or what doesn't make sense or that costume is stupid. Like, whatever it is, she can pick something apart. You make so a movie, Amelia? She's, yeah. <laughs> she has. She oh, actually oh, has. She started right. doing it because okay. she wanted to prove that she could do it better than the filmmakers. She did, yeah. Um, and then the second thing she does is every single time she watches anything, she tries to figure out the lore and tie it to other things that might be in the universe. And oh, I'm so proud. And so I, proud. And now you know why in an alternate universe, she was the host of the show. <laughs> <laughs> because I have to listen hours a day about how something is probably connected because they did this and then they did this and then and at the point at this point i just kind of i mean you don't have to it out. 
Yeah, There's always I, bourbon. She's small. It won't take much. I haven't really he's been secret David. that he's not small anymore. I'm mentoring the next generation for when we tire of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, you think we're ever going to let you stop? Right, so, so Brian gets one and then uh, Wyatt's going to get two because uh, I love uh I have almost all of 3.5. I think I'm missing like two books at this point. So 3.5 is my favorite. I like five, but 3.5 is my absolute favorite. Um, and then Brent gets the rest of my widgets. All three. Sorry, okay. David. I love you. You didn't do anything wrong. But I mean, Brent's like Brent. Like if he really applied himself, he'd be like an Oscar Tony Look, I get it. You both are in that area that doesn't exist and you've got some camaraderie trying to keep the lie going. I get it. I, I, I do feel I do feel pretty bad at this point. Um, I would like to take one of mine back from Brent and give uh, give Brian one pity widget. That's Ooh, oh my the God. pity widget. Damn. You know, <laughs> that's going into the rules of the game. <laughs> we have never had that. So we have we have a fan of the show who has been working on a computer program for keeping score on the game. And he gave up when we kept when we kept on creating random rules. Cause we like made rules widget. that were mathematically hard to program, like the negative widget that only one can be used. And then there was Michael's ghost nickels coming in every now and yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, the ghost widgets. nickels. Yeah, yeah. That ludicrousness is also hard to program in. Um or yeah, what I'm about to do. It is what I'm about to do is also really hard to replicate. So I'm going to give um, two to Wyatt um, because collecting starter sets is a really cool thing. Um, I've thought about doing that um, because there's just something about starter sets. And I will throw in that PF2E starter set is my favorite one because it's the first one I've seen that uses the same rules as the main game. Um and comes with an adventure that ties into a main game adventure. It's really well done. Um, we're not sponsored. And um God, I wish. <laughs> and my yeah! other yeah! four, my other four widgets are going to go to Erica and Amelia. Yay! Voting for people who's who is, who aren't playing the game is a precedent in this game. <laughs> uh, that actually leaves Wyatt as the winner. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, I thought for sure Brent was going to take it. Do, do, well, do, do. I honestly think Brent basically handed you that. Well, I, well I, also, I, also, you took one of Brent's points with the pity widget. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I did it. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. You turned you, something. You turned so you, you made it into something terrible. It, you know, <laughs> you know, Brent. Brent, I don't know if this is the first time someone being pathetic in an entertainment venue has 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 made you lose. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that works. <laughs> I mean, at least I'm not getting slapped for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Oh, uh, congratulations! I I have to say, I was watching some social media that morning and I found out about it, and um multiple times during the day people asked me hey you know of anything interesting going on in the world which never happens and it happened to be the day after will smith got smacked by chris rock or the other way around yeah yeah, yeah. talk about alternate universes i think Brian, I, you've been hang 
Brian, you've been I, hanging out in the, uh, in the, 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 the device too much. I honestly think this room has some kind of thing going on, because that happens to me a lot. I mean, talk about Mandela effects. <laughs> so, I mean, when, you, when, so when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know, what's, what's, you know, what's been going on? What news do you have? Do you and reenact you it and just smack them upside the face or? Oh, well, do you hear that new Will Smith song? It really slaps. <laughs> <laughs> that is Thanks not your joke. Drink. Mouth, right? <laughs> that is so not your joke. I have so heard that already. <sighs> uh, uh, oh, God, Brent. It was new to game me. So on I you. Think it was his joke. <laughs> okay. The drinking game is over. Brent is doing comedy again. There. <laughs> he couldn't resist. I knew he couldn't. Uh, well, um, congratulations, Wyatt. The widgets are on their way. Um, you feel free to get them wet or feed them after midnight. It's we fine. bred that out. It's not a yeah, thing yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's not an issue anymore. You guys, I feel like if it wasn't an issue, you wouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> it's not an issue. That's why we're saying it used to be an issue. It is no longer an issue. I I don't have a lot of confidence in you guys right now. <laughs> Well, it's too late. They're already on their way. So <laughs> do with it as you will. <laughs> the um, So we are talking about speculation on the future of tabletop RPGs. Um, I am, this is going to, you know, it could totally be unspoken, but I'm going to say this. This is not a place for addition wars. Um, we support all games equally. Um, so Wait, it's unspoken? When did that happen? This is, well, I just spoke it, but. Well, fuck know. fourth ed. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck I think I, <laughs> it's not even here to defend it. David, I don't that, care. David. <laughs> yes. There are good things about that game. Uh, they, it burns really well when you put it into a campfire. <laughs> there have, are there are good things me. about fourth ed. And the minis were know, nice. One of the things when we talk about the speculation on the future of RPGs is we can look at ways that games with flaws can be used to improve other games you're right uh, yeah. you know no 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 one of the best positives they kept that new book smell for a long time because you didn't open them very much well like 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 here's a really really good example like i i think on the negative like i mean if we're going to jump right into this we can jump right into this fourth edition had too much of a focus on combat for people who were already used to playing tabletop RPGs, which created a big rift. It also came out at a time that we didn't really need a new edition um, because 3.5 was very popular and it was sort of, it was going in a very but different direction. 3.5 was suffering from such bad and book bloat. They had to do something. One of those games that really only works really well if you have electronic tools and it wasn't published that way and yeah there were a lot of flaws it's a game that only works really well if you like playing uh, tabletop strategy games but when i run <laughs> games and i did this with pathfinder second edition i pull some stuff from fourth ed i've used um i use the minions i like minions i like throwing crap tons of monsters at my at my players and one hit point monsters are great um, they let you do some cool creative things. It's nice to use them. Um, I And they have the full AC and attack bonuses of full monsters. So the fact that they get hit with, killed with one hit, it, it lets you add danger, but also lets the players be heroic. I really, really like the concept. Okay, fair. I will give you this. Even in the nastiest of turds, there are kernels of awesome things. Yeah. And, and you know, you know Fourth, fourth Ed, fine, had some things that were good. But as a whole, 
as a system trying to sit down and play at a table. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. And you are 100% free to have your opinion. There are plenty of people who still like that game. I have nothing against people that like that game. My personal opinion was it was the worst thing ever. Yeah, you know, a lot of the people who have good experiences with games that people, other people consider bad games, um, it was run better. Fair. That that can very much be the case. So we're going to start off with asking Wyatt... um, a quick question, um, but this this will go around the table real fast. What is your favorite tabletop RP? Uh, well, uh, probably not a surprise. It's Pathfinder 2nd Edition, actually. And we will move on to Brent with the same question. Paranoia. That is a good answer. That is a good answer. Um, David? Uh, I actually like the uh, the Cortex rule system. And Erica? Sorry, I'm old. 3.5. Yeah. <laughs> and um, myself, um, it's a tie between um fate core and um blades in the dark i i had the most fun i have ever had playing a demo of blades in the dark on free rpg day and fate core is a lot of fun too fate core is a lot of fun i I love yeah i have more fun gming fate core than any other game it's just i like the narrative stuff and it's just Fantastic. The, the Cortex rule system was a rule system that they wrote back in the early 2000s. The first game to come out with it was Serenity, Serenity, the RPG. So they named it the Cortex system based off the, the computer world in Serenity. But they've based a whole bunch of other uh, of Buffy the Vampire Slayers. One of them is a supernatural game that's based. Yeah, in it. yeah, There's, I played that. Isn't Dresden? Yeah, Dresden. The Dresden oh. Files. No, is Dresden, is, Dresden, Dresden is Fate Core. Oh, it is. Oh, fake core. my bad. Are you sure? Yeah, I yeah, one hundred percent. I think there is a Cortex Dresden Universe game. I don't know what it's called though. Didn't it start off as the the Marvel role playing game, and then when they uh, didn't renew the license, they yeah, they did Marvel with Cortex <laughs> yeah. too, and that was really fun too. Yeah, okay. but it wasn't their first game. I think they just picked up the license for a while. I know they did. They did Leverage and. Um, Smallville too. Yeah. They had picked up a lot of TV mm-hmm. licenses, and yeah. it was Margaret Weiss did that. Margaret they Weiss. Steve, they Steve Jackson the shit out of it. Oh yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I, I picked up on it with Serenity, and I was uh, hooked. That that was such a fun game. Yeah, I I one of these days I really want to play the Leverage one, but I think Leverage would be better f- with something like the Blades in the Dark system, but, because I think that's the best system for running heists. I, I gotta ask about Blades in the Dark. I haven't had a chance to uh, play it. I think I think I downloaded it, but I haven't read through it yet. And I've heard nothing but great things. So tell me. Uh, imagine in your head a high scenario in like Pathfinder. Just kind of envision what's that like. Lots and of basic are, skill checks with pass you fails. You are thinking about. <laughs> you are probably thinking about the players talking about what their plan is going to be. You know, a large they chase. All se- a large come chase. Come up sequence. with this idea. <laughs> in Blades in the Dark, there is no planning. You just jump right into the heist, and all of the planning is done with a flashback mechanic. Ooh. So it's like Ocean's Eleven, where the thing hap is happening, and then the player goes, "Actually," and they can go, "I've right. bribed That's the guard." That's interesting. And they and you roll retroactively, so. If it failed, then the failure plays out. Oh, that's funny. It's All right, also, I like that. That's neat. Yeah, yeah that's and really it's cool. very, very fast-paced. It is played in heists and downtime. Downtime is indulging in vices to kind of relax. It's a um, a very kind of 
semi-grimdark steampunk game if you go by their setting. Um, but they have a spinoff of the game called Scum and Villainy, where you play like Firefly or Han Solo. <laughs> um, and it's the same kind of thing with that uses the flashback mechanic. And it's really great for um, episodic kind of TV cinematic kind of feel where you, you're doing episodes and you're doing this little thing. And I like when I played it, I got to use a mechanic where I, I used the flashback mechanic where I was like, actually, <laughs> the second in command of the rival gang is my brother. And we planned for this. And he joined the gang a year ago for this heist. Oh, man. And wow. I made my role. And I didn't make my role 100% successfully. I made it successfully, but success in Blades in the Dark is success with a complication. So my brother, yeah, he had infiltrated the other gang, but he wanted an additional cut and ended up calling for another condition in order to do what he said he was going to do. He wasn't completely honest, so it was more like a kind of a criminal show type of thing. You but mean you, play, you can't trust a thief to keep his word? Yeah, if you play the game as is, it's this crazy grim dark setting. I'll, you know, remind me, and I will go into it a little bit more in the bonus episode after, so we can actually talk about the topic today. But yeah, Blades is <laughs> is a fantastic system, and it has lots of spinoffs, and it's 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 very 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 fun. It's uh, Evil Hat Games, I think. Evil Hat Games, I think. Um, so uh, why I'm going to ask you, what would the next version of uh, Pathfinder Second Edition look like in your perfect world? Ooh, that's a tough one. I saw it on the album, so I knew it was coming. Um, so I think that for me personally, um, there's not a lot that I would want to change fundamentally about the game. Um, there are just a few like sort of sacred cow things that I think are really doing more harm than good. Um, that's the actual ability scores versus having uh, just your modifiers and also stuff like um, like items, which is something in the playtest they really tried to get a, get rid of both of those, but there's a lot of pushback and feedback from like purist type people that didn't want to lose out on uh, having items be such a big part of your character progression, like part of the assumed math. Um, they were going to fold a lot of that, a lot more of that math into progression. And I think that, I think that we're probably ready to not have that stuff. And I think the next version will do that. And that's just to simplify more in the direction they've already gone really. Actually, sounds like a good point. I, I'm going to answer this too. Um, second edition, I think there can be um, some thought about maybe adding an additional bit more implied streamlining. Um, a little bit of clarification on how much the GM can do. And like, I like that there's more in Pathfinder second edition than in first edition. That's just like, and the GM can figure this out. And it's sort of like... Every time you ask for anything, it doesn't list what the DC is. The GM just determines what the G DC is, and I really like that. But mm -hmm. I have played with a pa lot of Pathfinder 2nd um, Edition um, new GMs who've GM'd for a little bit but haven't been GMing for a real long time that go, I don't know how to set a DC. I don't, And it's like, there's a table. <laughs> it's in the book. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's one of those things where, you know, if you buy, like, just the... Uh, game mat or not the game master, but the um, the GM screen um, that's on there. So yeah, <laughs> like just the simple DCs by level. Yeah. And I there. think it it it's mostly GMs who went from first to second who just go. They're used to being given the DCs and they're not used to d 
kind of determining as much. They're used to rules as written first edition. So second edition gives a little bit more leeway and they're just not used to that. I bet yeah. you third edition, uh, I bet you fifth, uh, D&D fifth edition GMs probably do really well with second edition. Yeah, you know, fifth edition, they left, a, they, they got rid of a lot of math. I, 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 I'll, um, so I'm going to hand this back to Wyatt. Um, it is your turn. Uh, I'll let you ask Brent a question about the future of RPGs. I feel like Brent had something to say about what Wyatt yeah. I I oh, oh, okay. Sorry, Brent. I didn't see you there. Yeah. I have the I sun right in my yeah. eyes right now. I'm yeah. I'm gonna mute myself while you get started, and I'm gonna close my blinds because I have this big okay. ball of white light behind me. Yeah. The only thing I was gonna chime in, like I do like the idea of like getting rid of 18 and just giving us plus four, like streamlining that down. And I might have misunderstood what you're saying as far as like with the scaling and the needing of the items. Like, cause I know the math figures in like character progression and like they expect you to have those items at that. So like my pushback would be um, getting people who want to play second edition and stop playing first edition or stop writing first edition and then trying to shoehorn it into second edition and understand that you need to make sure your characters, your players have these items so that they can actually do what they need to do. As far as yeah, items go in second big. edition, I really like that they got away with having um, wands of 50 charges on you to just do, you know, like healing was always handled by wands because yeah. there weren't other great options. And I like having wands be back. I like healing being back to potions of healing and other ways of healing and also that you can do it without magic. Yeah, yes. I like that yes. they, they that they moved um, the property runes onto armor now, um, because for all those people in first edition saying I hate second edition because there's not enough variety, I'm like, oh, that's really cute because you're still wearing the same headband. All of your characters wear the same belt. You all wear the same ring of protection. You all wear the same cloak of resistance. But please lecture me on the lack of uh, of variety in your yes. characters. And yes, my 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 thing has always been with that is. Yeah, because I loved, uh, I started with uh, 3.0, 3.5, and uh, and I loved Pathfinder First Edition. I never saw myself needing another game. Um, so I understand where a lot of those folks are coming from with their love of the game. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just also know that, yes, maybe there are a million books out and a million options, but very few of them are good, and most people mm -hmm. have never used any of them because they're yeah. so bad. Right, yeah. I love asking people like, oh, but I need more options. Like, great. When was the last time you picked a butterfly strike on a character? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I, I don't know how the character creation could be improved, but I I think it's a little bit too too um it's a little intimidating for new players. Yeah, I, I could think, agree with that. Yeah, what, yeah I too? think it's easy, but I think the second edition character creation is a little intimidating for new players. It's just like you get this many boosts for this thing and this many boosts for this thing and this many boosts for this thing. I've seen new players kind of cross their eyes reading it. <laughs> well, I think I think honestly there's a there's this entire thing about second edition where second edition seems even as simplified as it is, it can seem very complex in all mm -hmm. facets of it like for sure. Um, but the, the reality is that like, once you're actually in it and doing it, things that look complicated tend to not always, but tend to be a lot easier. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I definitely get that character creation is a daunting thing. 
I mean, even me and uh, my players, we we're all using Path Builder, which is a free uh, free app. You can you know pay to get the full features of it, but it's a great little handheld app to build your characters in and stuff like that. Um, I we all I think could without it. I definitely could. I've made sure that I can <laughs> can build without Path Builder. But for people who are having that trouble, uh, it's definitely a way to go. I haven't played second edition yet. Is it really, is it more complicated than like 3.5? Like no, 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 actually. Now, when I say oh, it's more okay. complicated, I, I mean, like, for I'm people... sitting there listening to this and I'm like, I don't know. 3.5 was, that was a lot. 3.5 was statistics. The game. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't Listen, call it. It's not more... rifts. It's not rifts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, Rifts would be oh. calculus the game. Uh, all right, guys. I not like that at all. I, I just want to let everyone know here that I have three banker boxes filled with Rifts books. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying Rifts is calculus the game. Oh, no, it's one of the worst games ever written, but I do enjoy the lore quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, Rifts is fun because you can't do anything in it. It's great. It's just, it's... And so funny, I didn't like riffs. I somebody talked me into playing once, and I think we literally played like two sessions. Well, it depends on what like, you were playing. It was me. Huh? It depends on what you were playing. It was me. You played no, riffs with me. You, you oh, did play riffs with me. Well, I played <laughs> two different people, but I remember the one where I was like really irritated. Um, they're not my friend anymore, but uh, at the time they were, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we got to play this." I was like this is so time consuming. Like I'm not even having fun. There's not enough story. Like, see, I played a starship troopers game with riffs and it was a lot of fun. No, no. (laughs) I remember having a, on my character sheet, uh, two skills that I, I wasn't sure why I needed them. One was math. One of my skills was math. And then one of my other skills was my own native language. And I was only 60% proficient in it. Or something like that. Yeah. It's so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, and, I, I, and I'll be the first one to say that I am bad with rules. I'm just going to throw it out there. I like I like to play. I'm a better player than I am a GM. I know David and Brent can definitely. <laughs> no, you were you were fine GMing. It was great. I'm a better player than I am a GM. Okay. It, it's just a. It's just a. I wouldn't know. I have no experience on the other side. Uh, uh, well, Brink does. So I've never had Erica GM for me before. It was she was fine. It was yeah, great. That you know because yeah, I, I didn't I wish get invited to that game. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to make it. Can I can but... I give him another one of my pity uh, widgets? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but with with that being said, I'm not. When I look at something, I look at the general rules. I put together a story that I want to tell. And I, I make it very sandboxy so that I'm, I'm literally ready for whatever the players decide to do, whatever I can think of on my feet. So often I will be flipping through something, trying to figure out how to make that happen for them on the fly. Or if Brent and David are playing with me, I just ask them because they've got everything memorized. So well, not everything, but a lot of it. Yeah. But most There's only of five rules in fifth edition. I know. So, them all. You There's know, six. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that sixth one is DM is GM figured out. So yeah. <laughs> stop giving away the secrets. 
Stop eating the microphone, please. Okay, fine. <laughs> but my point in saying all of that is, is I think the, the, the reflection of what a good game is, is mechanics that are simple enough that they can be tweaked by the GM if needed, and that the story is what's driving it. Whether that's a story that has already been written for you, that you can then adjust to the players, to their play style, um, or, you know, are able to implement enough flavor. You know, mo most of the Pathfinder ones I've read are, are really good. I've read a few that I'm like, eh. but for the most part, they're, they're really good, you know, scenarios. But, you know, I, we can sit here and pull apart rules, but I think what makes me, what I love the most and what I loved about 3.5 is as much as math as there was and as much different rules and books and all the things that go along with it is that there was so much, so many things and so many items and so many mechanics. And it was so the breadth of what was available to you that you could create almost any story that you wanted from it. And that's what I truly loved about it. Grapple Sorry, rules. Grapple huh? rules. 3.5's grapple mechanic. That's fine as long as you got your flowchart. You know, you're fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I thought the Pathfinder first edition grapple mechanic was very simple and easy to follow. It was. They 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 fixed the three five grapple mechanic, which was a clusterfuck. And when I either played a grappler at different tables in organized play or GM'd grappling, it was the most argued about mechanic because people didn't understand it. But I found it to be so simple. I didn't mm. understand why people thought it was so complicated. Because someone goes, oh, I'm never going to use this and never bother to read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when ran correctly, it was a very broken rule. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you, I, had to, you, had to, you had to use feats and build your character around breaking that specific rule. I was. I. I think they overcorrected a little bit with Grapple for Pathfinder Second Edition. That Ooh, is my wow. general feeling of Second Edition. Is there's a lot of times where I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, look, I understand Second Edition <laughs> hurt you. You don't need to go this far in overcorrecting in Second Edition. <laughs> I will admit, I do like what they did with actions in Second Edition. Yeah, yeah. I. I uh, to, to the subject of like the the grapple and stuff. I mean. Uh, and those rules, they're definitely simplified. And for the most part, that's a good thing. Um, but combined with the three action economy, combat maneuvers have never been more rewarding, I don't think, than in second edition. It's just yeah, absolutely. very yeah. impressive when somebody tunes their character that direction and you as the mm -hmm. GM just throw your dice like, well, I, 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 he'll go next turn, maybe. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, to ask so Brent... I've got a question for Brent. Okay. Yeah. I was going to do that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Overruled. So my question, my question for you, Brent, is when are you gonna come over so I can play Pathfinder Second Edition? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, Brent, when are you gonna come over? <laughs> that I do need to start traveling. Well, I mean, we're uh, getting back in the person now, so we'll see what my travel looks like. Rowan's so vaccinated, so we're all good over here now. Oh, good! I didn't know that. Congrats! That's fantastic. That must be a big relief. Yeah. Huge. Oh, that's Huge great. Relief. Yeah. Um, Brent, on topic. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that was on topic. Excuse me. Uh, Brent, oh, gotta, yeah, because it was, about, it was about Rowan, so it was about the future of tabletop RPGs. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, speculating on the future of R tabletop RPGs, Rowan will be GMing one. Nice. Um, Probably. Yeah. Um, 
Brent, yeah. what do you think the next 10 years of tabletop RPGs will look like? Um, probably not too different, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't think we're actually going to see 5.5 or 6th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Because, I, I, I mean, 5th edition isn't called 5th edition, right? It's just Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I think what we're seeing now as far as that is they're going to treat it like Magic the Gathering, where... <laughs> They're going to yeah. keep releasing like some updated content. Uh, we already see that now in the um, uh, Monsters of the Multiverse in the way that they've redone uh, the base races. And now instead of uh, um, like two times per day, it's now like number of your like proficiencies and they're kind of getting rid of the short rest, long rest. So I think in that sense, um, that's what you're going to see as far as Dungeons and Dragons goes. Um, Paizo products, I think you're going to see starfinder second edition in yeah. probably four years and it's going to look a lot like pathfinder second edition um, do you think that, i don't oh sorry yeah. i was gonna say Go do ahead. you think that starfinder second edition um because for those that don't know starfinder pioneered a lot of the systems that we see in second mm-hmm. edition yeah. it was sort of like mm-hmm. a one a pathfinder 1.5 is like mechanically and so yeah. do you think that we're going to see that happen again with starfinder where they take lessons from second edition apply them and then Vice versa, when Pathfinder Third Edition, if it ever comes out, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, I don't think that if we're saying ten years, that extreme of the ten years when we'll probably start seeing yeah. Pathfinder Third yeah. Edition. Yeah, I, um, think... I think in those ten next ten years, you're going to have three more editions of Shadowrun, <laughs> and people are still going to play Fourth Edition. Uh, uh, but no, like in general, I think what you're going to see a lot, uh, some very core things you'll see in all of them is. Um, um, how the sausage is made. Um, I think one of the things that has been very, very successful in um, with the Paizo products, and I, I've seen them in other um, game systems as well that really adopt um, third-party content, is this is how you make a character. Like, this is um, a Magic the Gathering has one where, like, this is how we know a card costs this much. Now, they still follow the formula and create some broken ones that have to ban them. But for the most part, knowing, having a coherent system of how you build your, how your system runs. It's going to be very, very important. Um, I think you're going to see more um, independent people, third-party publishers writing for these core systems. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of consolidations. Like um, I would, t- I would not at all be surprised to see world of darkness just come out as world of darkness. Like it wouldn't be vampire werewolf mage. It would just be, world of darkness core rule set and then here's how to play all of them into the the one if you i was going to say no one had mentioned white wolf yet <laughs> I, 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 on second edition. Know, I have a prediction i think black paw is going to come back or black dog black dog games are going to come back i would love to see that that was the adults only larp for oh um, god for white wolf oh. Oh man! <laughs> okay. I mean, with streams are being popular again, I wouldn't be. It now when I say adults only, I mean it was a mature game. It was not mm-hmm. because it involved vampires and stuff. It Wait, was is, is White Wolf in general? Are those not considered mature games? That's well, it was because it was LARP, and okay. it it got black curtained at game shops. Hmm. Like they had yeah. to keep it behind the counter. Yeah, I remember because I was I was a minor when it came out, and I was intrigued by the adults only <laughs> vampire LARP game. Uh, did terrible because you know their market were people who couldn't buy it. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 16 year old uh, teenager is a, <laughs> it's a small uh, market. It's really hard to get into when your stuff's banned. Does anybody here think that um, the popularity of streamers is going to affect the way that games are written and try to appeal to that market? It already is. Look at what Critical Role is doing. Matt Mercer and their team, they've got two books published by Wiz- by uh, uh, Dungeons and- by Wizards themselves for Dungeons and Dragons but will that about change? the universe he lives will that, in. Will the, the way people are getting introduced to the game change how the rules are written and try to make games that appeal to people who watch them online? I mean, I think certainly, and I mean, I guess it's sort of a chicken and egg thing, right? Who's to say which caused which? But I mean, certainly we're seeing... I think much more movement towards these very rules light, very stream mm-hmm. friendly because there's not a lot of referencing. There's not a lot to keep track of. It's just, it's more character driven and what, what feels right in the moment kind of gameplay. Um, and, you know, the reality is that it's a lot more entertaining to watch a bunch of people who are good at improv yeah. in a system where they are free to do that versus watching a bunch of people who are really good at uh, crunching numbers and, and doing the most tactically and moving uh, minis on a grid map. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that, you know, I mean, we know, for example, that um, they were playing first edition in uh, Pathfinder at home for Critical Role, mm-hmm. and they moved to 5e specifically because they felt it would be simpler and easier to follow in stream. And I think that, um, you know, well, chicken and egg, sure, but I think that there's a level of success that you can't ignore if you're designing a game and you want mass I mean, appeal. The fact you that wanna, he, the fact that he homebrewed two classes that are now canon in the system. <laughs> no, this is this is where I'm going to really deviate. I don't think streamers have nearly as much influence as you think that they do. Um, I totally agree with having like. Um, and I don't necessarily want to like say rules light because of the implication of that. Like, just do whatever you want. It's all improv. But like, do Pathfinder 2's thing of, of streamlined, quicker rules adjudications um, to allow for that. Um, I actually think the the bigger influence is going to be video games mm-hmm. because that is that's where people. Well, that's where the you know kids. That's what spent probably our age, right? That was our first exposure to it more than anything. Like we had yeah. the Nintendo in hand. We had the Super Nintendo and the Segas. We know Final Fantasy and Fantasy Star and Dragon Warrior. Um, and then we got into it. It wasn't the the reverse of people were sitting around playing Dungeons and Dragons and then this machine comes out and now we get to play. So I, I think a lot of, um, like, I wouldn't at all be surprised if you don't see mana points creeping into major systems and well, we I mean, that was my biggest system shock for sure coming from you know because i started playing final fantasy 2 on yeah. the snes final fantasy 4 mm. oh, yeah. and mm. you know and my first thoughts were you know where's my mana and where's this which is funny because the first final fantasies had spell per day yeah like, uh, yeah but yeah you know, and mean, now we're, so and now funny, we're reversing. the opposite oh. <laughs> i have the opposite because my dad uh played uh, tabletop games before we ever got a, a gaming console and you know I was little and he put me on his lap and be like hey let's play a game and I'd sit there and play with his buddies and that's how I learned how to play and then all of a sudden it was like oh by the way here's you know computer mm-hmm. games and you know and then console games and so I mean I had the, the opposite <laughs> so. I, I have to share a funny story about Erica's dad we were playing more than once. We were playing D and D, 
And Erica's dad is just saying over and over again, oh, Role Master already did that. Yeah. That's what, that's <laughs> With what every 3.5 rule, Role Master did that years ago. Role Master yep. did that. It was like 3.5 must have been heavily influenced by it. <laughs> yeah, that's the first tabletop RPG I ever played was Role Master with my dad. Yeah. yeah. So. Nice. Uh, no, I, I think I mean I think there's been a lot of symbi- symbiotic relationships between video games and tabletop over the years. Yeah, uh, as you know, clearly Final Fantasy One used spell slots, but then their armor class went up, and now we got away from Thacko. Yeah. You know, a lot of video games now used your spell power. Like you didn't roll, you didn't need wizards that need a dexterity to shoot their rays because it was all based off of you know like your magic power and things like that. And now both Fifth Edition and Pathfinder Two. Your your casting stat is determining your attack rolls for those things, which is clearly a video game thing. So I think we're going to see more of that coming into uh, tabletop mechanics wise, and I also think story wise, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of more modular uh, adventures um, because people are now like when <laughs> when we buy a game, um, God, we want we want to play it like three times. We want to play as a tank, then as a rogue, and as a wizard. We want to like be the evil path and the good path and the neutral path. You know, I think there's going to be a desire for that in published adventures. And if they're not going to get it from the official, then they're going to go out to these third parties and look for, um, you can play this, you know, same scenario six times and have these six different outcomes based on what they've done. I mean, heck, it's not, it's not a new idea. Say that again, Erica. I was going to say, Brian, I think you're making a reference to how we played uh, the game you ran, which I can't off the top of my head. Oh, Curse of Strahd? Yeah, Curse of Strahd. Yeah. yeah. We, we did not do the good run. I'll just say that. Well, that's another uh, one thing about gaming is you sit down at a table with the exact same game, but a different group of players. It'll be a completely different game. The, the idea of replaying a game isn't original, though. I mean, Gygax did it. I mean, Tomb of Horrors was meant to be played more than once. Well, you well, almost had to. Yeah, just to see if you can make it past the second room. It came, <laughs> it came, originally came with like 16 pregens. Yeah. That was such a but weird time compared to the way we play now, where your your character's expected to be gone <laughs> within, within yeah. the first session. And now like we have these session zeros of like of like, you know, don't worry, I won't kill your characters unless you're okay with me killing your characters. I'm not saying that's bad at all. But it's just wild uh, to see the differences, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody, you know, play your play your I mean, table. I, that's what works. I, I, I think. Cut. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Erica. Well, I think Brent's point is that as they're creating these games now, they're going to have to create the different paths that the players yeah. can do. Because, I mean, I do have to say, you know, I watch I watched Brent think of how he was going to adjust Curse of Strahd to. <laughs> to accommodate how we were actually playing. And he had to take the different elements and kind of flip them on their head so that we were still enjoying it and we were able to play it the way we wanted to play it and still connect it. Because when the players take something that is meant to go one direction and they completely veer off in a sandbox environment, and I, kudos to you, by the way, Wait, Brent, you did an excellent job. So that's just the mark of a good, of a solid GM. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but but with so let's talk about critical role, right? So we're talking about how streamers are. Oh yeah, are, the the Matt Mercer effect. It's they're they're making they're making it so much more popular. I mean, it, let's think about it, guys. Like 
15 years ago, if you told somebody you played Dungeons and Dragons, what was the look that you got, right? Or the questions that you got. And that's not what's happening anymore. Now people are like, oh, okay, you know, mm -hmm. or they'll be like, oh, is that like Pathfinder or, 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 you know, is Pathfinder like that? Or, you know, like all the different ones, like people are aware, right? It's in, yeah. it's in the pop culture now in a mainstream way that it wasn't before. So to Brent's yeah. point, they're going to have to adjust stories so that there are multiple paths because that's what we're expecting in the video games. We've got the popularity of the games themselves. And not every person that picks up the book is going to be as good of a GM as Brent is and be able to understand right off the bat how to flip that. And I'm he knows that, you know, I love him and I'm not blowing smoke up his ass. He's a really good GM. Um, Brian's also an excellent GM. So I know they both have those abilities. But I mean, think about how many years they've been playing, right? Somebody who's new to pick it up to be able to do that while they're still acclimating themselves to the rules themselves, right? Because we don't, we can't memorize every single rule. I, fuck, I don't even try. I would love like, to see an adventure that's written to go good or evil. I'd love to see that. I, I, that, that's something I've never seen. I've never seen one that it gives you two paths or three paths. Or yeah, I don't, paths. I've never seen one written that does that. No. Avernus has elements of it, but it, it, it's at least, you know, we're a step in the, in the direction that I think things are headed. Well, I, I know that um, Book of the Dead, the new Pathfinder 2E rule book that's about to come out, and I'm sure it's not going to be as intensive as, you know, like you said, play good or evil or this or that, but I know that it's going to have, uh, include a an adventure that was specifically written so that every time you played it, it would run through different and with mm -hmm. different uh, encounters and different everything. I don't know what that means yet, but I, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the norm too. I think so. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. But uh, I mean, you were also you were we were talking about streamers earlier, and I I brought it up the the Matt Mercer effect of it, the negative side of the, the popularity like that is you run into people that I actually had this happen to a game I started a couple months ago. The table fell apart because two of the players didn't want to keep playing because it wasn't as good as Critical Role. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm not Matt Mercer. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. They were probably Scanlon, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Were, were they bad players on top of it? Yeah, they weren't very good. No. I don't want to say were, they were bad, were they but min -maxers? they weren't. No. Were min-maxers? Oh, no. that's good. I hate min-maxers. I don't <laughs> want to speak ill of people that I'm still on friendly terms with when oh, they're okay. not here to defend themselves. Oh, okay. So. All I'm saying is if you play games to be a min-maxer, go, go somewhere else. Like, it depends sorry, on the people you're playing with. Yeah, you're playing with other people that are definitely. also min-maxers, then yeah. go for it. But, no, it but No, no, no. That doesn't make a game any fun. Like Not for no. you. Not for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not for me. No. There, there, there is something to be said about different game styles. And min-maxing oh, people can have a lot of fun playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the game I play on Saturdays usually we uh, we're we're all uh, miniatures players and we're all strategy game players so they don't really RP much for them it's all about the battlefields and the grid maps break out the fight let's make four hours on this on this <laughs> two minute fight let's go <laughs> I, I think I think it really it depends on the group I yeah. mean Brent Brent and Brian know my play style like I'm more about the story I'm more about figuring out the puzzles. 
you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to sit there and spend four hours on a fucking battle. I want to like. Then you are not. Then you are not meant for a min maxer group. I am I'm, not. I'm one get of those you a man that can do both. I'm a min max pun character, and then you. Yep. Oh, speaking of pun characters, Brent, I have to share this with you. Um, I am playing a cat folk alchemist who is a meowchemist. Nice. Oh, that's way. That's just as good as my uh, my Starfinder cat folk who was a took the corporate fat cat background. Uh, 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 Elon Musk. Oh my God! Elon Musk. He is the CEO of Meowzilla. Oh, Uh, his big technology is he has the corporate access tunnel uh, now for Infosphere protocol. Oh my God! Catnip, which he brings um, Infosphere communications to uh, various work. Oh, that's great! Oh my God! And he's min maxed, so. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. so tangenting. I'm still judging you. Um, <laughs> tangenting. I want to expose Wyatt to this because Wyatt hasn't heard about this. Um, in Pathfinder Society, I played a character named Pathfinder Chang. Yes. Who was going to open a line of restaurants across the inner sea. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 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 for uh for our patrons our patrons watching uh, the live the video feed uh why it took his headset off like he was getting up to leave <laughs> I gotta, okay i gotta get another writing gig at paizo pf Changs, that's great that in <laughs> oh my god um i think we have time for um Maybe one or two more questions. I want to throw one at David because David is like the D and D five E loyalist here. Um, so, reporting for duty. <laughs> what would you see? What would you like improved in that game? Because I know, I mean, you're not a fanatic, but you pl- you pl- you you prefer it right now. Yeah, I I honestly haven't really found much with fifth ed that i see as needing an immediate overhaul i mean yeah, I, it's I have bad. yet to find anything that is glaringly broken or i mean monks are disgustingly overpowered but <laughs> like fifth edition monk is like uh, monk monk and cleric are fucking op <laughs> one of my favorite characters i ever played was a monk but that was 3.5 so well in fifth ed they are oh that's why I was playing one in your game. <laughs> I know you were. Because uh, they're OP. Um, Especially when they're so dragonborn and can breathe fire. Wyatt, I want I want your thoughts. What do you want to see more of from PF2? Um, in terms of content, uh, I don't get to play a lot, but I still love anytime we get new big player content. Um, the weird thing for me is, um, especially for you guys who do the Pathfinder Society, I don't play in galarian i do completely homeworld homebrew world um same 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 persistent homebrew world since uh i was playing 3.5 so you know it's 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 been around um but i still love like even the lost omens lines i i love them because even though like the moangi expanse i'm not playing in the moangi expanse but uh, i might now be able to develop a really nice similar region because i have this lovingly crafted book that tells me you know what to do and what not to do you know and so 
And so I love that kind of content. I think that it's really good to see these, uh, the non-European centric because, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, we get the European centric all the time. Like I, I could run a European centric fantasy game in my sleep, you know, and, mm-hmm. but, you know, when it comes to branching out and going elsewhere, like it's really nice to see these authentically and lovingly crafted uh, pieces of a setting uh, that you can use even in your, your homebrew world. And so um, really just as far as content goes, like official content, just keep, tr- keep doing what they're doing because I love almost everything they've put out um, for me. All right. I, I have a question for Wyatt. Do you have any spots available at your table? Um, <laughs> uh, well, I actually, I'm trying to put together a, a game on Monday nights. So <laughs> don't tweet me. if. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a, an old friend that uh, really wants to play and Mondays and Tuesdays are his only um, nice. ability. And uh, I've been sort of, I've got two other games right now. So I'm pretty much tapped on, on resources for people that I know can commit long-term. So I got you. you know, I got interesting. I am interested. Okay. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk more about this after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I was just joking. I did awesome. Yay. <laughs> Woo-hoo. I'll give the Ask system another shot. Yeah. David, I'll give the, I'll give David's, second and another shot. David's You're going to working. David's By the time working I'm done on, with you. You're going to burn those five books on, like they were fourth. <laughs> David's working on joining campaign number seven. <laughs> How many do you have running right now? Currently, because of the shenanigans I mentioned earlier, I'm only in one weekly game. Oh, that's a relief. I mean, so, I yeah. have to say, when you were doing like five at the same time, it was, it was only three. God, uh, <laughs> I was only GMing three of them. I have I have a, a not a 10 year prediction, but a 20 year prediction that Ooh. in 20 years, Paizo is finally going to publish some content based in Sarasan. Right, yeah. I mean, it's been teased forever. Um, For those who don't know, Sarasan is the Australia analog that has been just teased in books. Crikey. Mm -hmm. Which, I I will give Paizo credit. At least they are uh, exploring new worlds uh, that they have yet to do instead of just reprinting their same catalog in every edition for the past 30 years. So do you think it'll have its own monster manual to go for that, for that area? Because uh, all spiders, <laughs> I mean, yeah. everything's like CR 15 and higher with a more serious prediction. I think that Arcadia is probably more likely with the success of the Moangi expanse because yep. they did such a good job of not only creating a really interesting and fun continent but they were inclusive and they were they treated the content very well um if they've proven that they can do it they can do it with native america kind of content i mean it 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 it's not an easy feat to do and i think moangi is probably their only perfect book i mean i wouldn't argue only but yeah i mean it's a terrific I, I, you know, I'm very critical about games I love, but um, yeah. I think Muwangi. I don't, I don't have anything to say that I don't like about it. Well, I, I think, um, I, you know, kind of getting back to you know the future of RPGs. I think we're going to see more, um, more content focused uh, on you know, like trying to get away from that uh, European centric. Um, you know, we. I hate to say it, look at magic and where they're going. Right. Um, they, they did, um, um, Kaladesh. Uh, yeah. And that was, uh, like Indian 
steampunk themed. Uh, they're talking about going back and like revisiting uh, the Arabian Nights and doing it for real. And, and, and instead of, you know, they're like, oh, oops, we see what we kind of did. I liked Arabian yeah. Nights. It was a fun little set. Yeah. But it had it's some also, funky stuff. It had some funky stuff. Yeah. But it was also, you know, just very from white people doing Arabian Nights. I'm like, maybe yeah, we yeah. should actually. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, try fair. and be more respectful to the area and and, and so i think we're going to see more you know they realize I mean, that only oh, kamagawa we didn't do it too, quite well the first time so two green four colorless destroy a card and play didn't matter what it was desert twister boom yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think we're going to see less eurocentric stuff um which is good i'll be happy to okay. see you know as the world is expanding and, and uniting and Getting more voices involved. Oh, imagine if imagine if Wizards pulled off Cholt correctly, did some crazy, really good Cholt campaign book. Oh, that would be amazing. Rather than just focusing on the dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me wistful. But I love Forgotten <laughs> Realms. Forgotten Realms is fun. I love Forgotten Realms. Um. All right. So we have two guests. So we need extra time to do promos. Um, so we will start with Wyatt. Please talk about all the crate stuff and where people can find you, where people can reach out to you if they want to. Um, we'd love to hear it. Uh, well, uh, we can be found on Twitter at uh, Collective D&D. And uh, you can always come to our you know, channel and watch our videos and comment there. Uh, most of them will have a link to our Discord. You can come and, you know, I, I'm in there more than I should be. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so do you, you mind sharing that link with us for the discord i i i i'm asking personally i think that would be yeah. a cool thing to participate in i yeah absolutely I, yeah awesome yeah for sure cool well what about you brent oh man so i got a few things i'm gonna drop a link here in the chat um so our next issue uh of a uh, TTRPG uh, zine that I'm working on with some friends. Uh, the Journal of Dungeoneering for Hip and Attractive Professionals. Uh, <laughs> I love the name. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, yeah jod4hap.com uh, should be able to uh, our next <laughs> issue for that should be coming out by Jet by PaizoCon, so uh, end of May. Um, oh, that's amazing. That will link to our, our first two issues. All of our socials are there. Um, I have an article on how to plot your campaign like a professional wrestling match um we've got some, <laughs> we've got, we're uh we've got some exciting stuff coming up uh i've got like a how to heal guide we uh, have some interviews with and... uh, vanessa hoskins and jason Tondro. uh we've got um uh some reviews of the botanical bestiary uh some cool third-party products so that's there uh check that out follow the the twitter um and then, yeah, in June, look for PFS uh, or three um, sixteen Escape from Opara. I and if you want, if you want me to run it for your uh, for your convention, uh, let me know. I do author tables. Ooh. Ooh, I'm shocked and appalled that this is the first time I've heard about this zine. <laughs> this is like the. I mean, it's like I, I kind of figure Brent's like I'm saving this for content, but it's this is. One of the coolest things you've revealed, and I mean, this is cooler. This is just as cool as when you said you were starting a wrestling league. So <laughs> this is much cooler than the wrestling league because I don't have to deal with wrestlers. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, I just have to say, say 
we did not have enough time to go into this. This was, we had a fantastic conversation, but I, this is a huge topic. Um, please hit us up in comments and stuff about more questions you have. We will definitely talk more about RPGs in the future of RPGs in the future. Um, but I think we had a fabulous couple of minds join us. Thank you so much, Brent and Wyatt, for joining us to talk about this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, and oh, it's always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. And, um, I have been Super Vegan Brian. I'm joined by David. Bye, everyone. Theobald the Third, and Kirsty Smurferka. Hi, everyone. The reviled of Mario, Brent Bowser, and the collective arcane talents of Wyatt. Thanks. <laughs> this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Uh, Brent, say goodbye. Brian, cut him off.